Jammer Sports, the voice of a dad nation. Welcome to On the Rocks with Shark and the Hammer. I'm the Hammer. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Seth Evans. And that's Shark. You can follow him at Kevin Sharky. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys listening in, all of our Shammerhead Nation. Uh, so if you have any thoughts, questions, feedback, hit us up on Twitter at ShammerPod. Uh, we're here for all your Shammerheads and your thoughts. How you doing, Shark? What's going on, my man? How are you? I am good. How's it going? We are a couple days till Christmas. Oh, we're getting there. Work is just dragging. So what, what were you drinking on yesterday? Sunday? What were you drinking? Well, it was more than just a Sunday. It was World Cup final Sunday in the middle of winter. So we started the day early, mimosas, bloodies, and rolled right in, right on through the day. After that start, it was just a beer day for me. How about uh, you? You must, be, you must be feeling like a million bucks today. <laughs> Way better than last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm more in the boat than you were last week today. Uh, so started drinking, uh, was drinking Aberlauer, then I switched to Jameson, and I've been really big on these Jameson cocktail cans. It is uh, Jameson and Cola. In a can, and it tastes like soda. And next thing you know, you're that's, six deep. Yeah, that's that's too easy for me. I would I would not survive that. No, it doesn't doesn't go well. And then you just keep going. But so, I wanted to ask you a question. So I actually watched the World Cup final. Well, at least like the end and the shootout. And as a non soccer fan, is this what soccer's like all the time? Because that was fun as fuck. <laughs> Not at that level. I mean, that game was the game. That was the the unicorn of of soccer matches. It was about as good of not just soccer, just championship matchups. That's as good as anything I remember in my entire lifetime. Some of the individual moments, yes, that's what soccer fandom is like. Having all of them squeezed into a half an hour, good Lord, my blood pressure still hasn't come down. And I wasn't even rooting for anyone. So I want you to confirm this for me. I saw a great tweet, and I wanted to get an actual soccer fan's thoughts on this. Uh, Somebody had said that the World Cup final yesterday was the equivalent of Game 7 NBA Finals, Jordan versus LeBron, and they both score 60. Yeah, that is – wow, I like that. That's a good one. I mean, Messi is Jordan, and Kylian Mbappe is LeBron, and it's the passing of the torch, arguably the – potentially two greatest of all time it's a little early on Mbappe to have that conversation but 23 years old he just scored a hat trick in his second World Cup final I, oof, yeah that was that level like for non-soccer fans that's as good as it gets just watch that game and you can be like oh okay I can see it so last week you were on about how stressful and miserable fantasy playoffs are or fantasy football this time of year in general yep. And so I got a, I got a little, you know, follow up on that one. I started Adam Thielen this week. He was my flex. Holy shit. Talk about miserable. He had zero points going into the fourth quarter. I watched every single play and I was just driving myself crazy. Like, why do I watch it? Why can't I, if I had tuned in after the game, he finished with 40 yards and a touchdown. He got me 13 points. That's a great game. I sat there and watched obsessively for 40, for three hours, 45 minutes of football. Uh, that's not fun. I had no fun watching that. No, and the worst part, you start looking around, you start wondering, like, is he on the field? Like, am I seeing him correctly? Yeah. Is that somebody else? <laughs> yeah. and that- did he, is he even out there? Like, why did, did he do something? Is he in the doghouse? Like, what did I do wrong? And you screwed up your, it screws up my whole day. Well, funny you should say that. You actually helped me with your day being screwed up. So uh, I've learned this theory, and I wanted to let you know what it is, and I wanted to thank you for it because of you is the reason that we have it. So uh, 
I've watched you make some lineup decisions over time, and I always feel like you go with a move that makes sense, but it just doesn't work out. So you were talking about starting Thielen. So I decided to bench him in my work league for DJ Moore. Because I started him? Because you started him, and I ended up having a better decision. (laughs) So it wasn't quite as painful. So I have a new fantasy football theory. Find somebody you think makes mistakes with lineups and do the opposite of what they do. Brilliant. Uh, that's me. I will volunteer my services on that. Just ask me who I'm starting every week and do the opposite. Yeah, you know, it worked out really well in that scenario. Now, overall, the whole game for me from that team did not work out because Jonathan Taylor got hurt right away, and I ended yeah. up losing by five points. It, shit happens. But it led me to a question that I wanted to ask you. What's worse? Jonathan Taylor, first series of the game, hurt out for the day pretty quickly. They 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 ruled him out within, like, five minutes. Yeah. Um. Or the slow burn death of having somebody like Devontae Adams go for four for 28. Ooh. I got to be honest with you. I would rather deal with the Jonathan Taylor thing. As much as that's miserable, it's over. Like, you you know you're not coming back from it, and you just move on and, and start trying to figure out if you still have a chance. If you started Devontae Adams yesterday, what did he have, four catches for like 30 yards, 28 yards? you're sitting there the entire game like I was doing with Thielen. And you're like, he can do this. He can do I, It's Devontae Adams. I know he's going to break one. And then he never does. You just have four hours of effing misery. So I think it depends on the player. Because losing Jonathan Taylor immediately, like it was like a kick in the nuts. Yeah. And it's over and it hurts. And you just move on, like you said. But when you have Devontae Adams, you at least have the hope throughout the game. It's almost different if it's like somebody like Adam Thielen. You yeah. know, if he hadn't scored the touchdown. Instead, it's, uh, you know, he goes for, what, 40 yards on two catches yeah, for six something. points. Yeah. I, I almost feel like at least with Adams, you have the, the like, well, he's Devontae Adams. He's going to fucking do something. You feel good throughout the game. But, oh, man. You feel good, but you've got that little, like, but what if he doesn't? But what yeah, if this exactly. is the week? Like, what if, what if he screws up? I guess the, you know, to your point, Thielen Adams, the difference is you can live with the Adams one because you never consider benching him. He's Adams. You play him no matter what. You take the good and the bad. Losing somebody to an injury early or some dude just deciding not to play, like the T. Higgins situation last week where he was healthy and they just didn't play him. Well, that's and even just, worse. Yeah, just sometimes these decisions, it's like, can't they just tell us beforehand? Like, it doesn't even matter. Just tell me, like, He's going to get hurt. So somebody knows already. All this stuff's rigged. Yeah, right? Just say like, hey, listen, we're playing Jonathan Taylor today. But if he has a funny tackle, we're four and eight. We're pulling him from the game in the first quarter. Yeah. If you don't care. And it sounds like he's done for the year anyway. Now they were saying they're probably going to hold him out. Because at this point, what good is there for them winning? And it doesn't really matter because if you started Jonathan Taylor, odds are you didn't recover from that. So I don't think his owners care if he's out for the year anymore. Nope. Uh, most people I know who had him are eliminated at this point. But the uh, yeah. Colts, that makes me actually think of something I wanted to ask you about. So we're talking Colts, we're talking losing Jonathan Taylor. Uh, is the Jeff Saturday experiment dead? Was that was that fun while it lasted, or was it just stupid? <laughs> Jeff Saturday beat the Raiders his first game, and it was like, look at this, see, see? He has not won a game since then, and 33 nothing. I mean, that's the worst loss in NFL history, right? I mean, you how do you come back from that? There's... He mismanages everything. No, he it's dead. He's not. We knew he wasn't the coach next year. He's not the coach next year. Now, now, uh, devil's advocate to this, uh, Jeff Saturday, it's not his fault. Is it Matt Ryan? Because he's now been involved in the worst comeback of all time and the most embarrassing comeback of all time in the Super Bowl. I mean, I blame Matt Ryan. I, it's, I mean, it's hard not to look at the common denominator and say, well, that's the thing. 
but I also don't necessarily know if I blame him for either one of them in particular, the Falcons one. Oh, and we could do an entire series on what happened on that one. But on Saturday, the, the Colts weren't up 33 to nothing because of Matt Ryan. So it's not like he stopped doing anything. They just stopped getting these lucky breaks and the Vikings were like, hey, wait, we're the better team. It's almost like they got up like too much. Like if it was like a 24 yeah. point lead at half, they wouldn't be. It feels like they went into the locker room and they were celebrating the win. Correct. It's like, haha, Jeff Saturday's got his second win. Look at us. Yeah, like they're playing prevent defense with like 14 minutes left in the third. Yeah, and you can't do that against just Justin Jefferson at any point in time. But him and KJ Osborne were just like, listen, if you're going to give it to us, we'll win this game 17 yards at a time. Uh, off topic, but is KJ Osborne back to the Thielen conversation? Has he replaced Thielen as the number two? I that team looked better. I. That team looked better in the second half than they have all year. That team looked better with Osborne having a role than they ever have this year with Thielen having a role. They'd be dumb not to, in my opinion. They really did. I mean, and Justin Jefferson, just every play again and again, just reminding everybody he's the best fucking receiver in the league. He is pretty good at football. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll still we'll talk about CeeDee Lamb versus Jefferson in a decade or so, but I got nothing uh- I'm sure we'll be talking about it all the time forever. But uh, <laughs> well, while we're on this conversation, while we're on this game, do, do you have a different opinions of the Vikings, more or less? Do you believe in them? I don't know. Am I judging the second half Vikings or the first half Vikings? Because I do have a different opinion on them, but it's two different opinions. I believe in them even less and even more now after this. Uh, I, I don't know. What about? I mean, what do you? What do you? What are your takeaway from that? You know what? I don't feel any differently about them than I did before this game. They are a fun team and there's not a fucking chance they're beating the Niners or the Eagles in the playoffs. No, I mean, no, I would completely agree with that. I mean, that said, you know, Thursday night with what the Niners defense did to Seattle, are they closer to the Eagles tier now than they are to the rest of the NFC? Like, have they just cemented themselves as the second best team and the biggest threat to the Eagles? They are, but I still feel like they're like five miles behind the Eagles right now. I mean, the Eagles are the best team in the NFC and it doesn't even seem fair right now. Yeah. But, the Vikings, uh, you know what? I think they're they're actually I think they have the highest potential to be upset in week uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Say they're the say they're the two seed, three yep. seed, somewhere in that window, and they end up playing a team like the Lions. And I know this is my fandom, but the Lions play the Vikings well. Well, and here's the thing: we see this at least once every year. Whoever that six or seven seed is, they've been playing must-win football for a month. Like, they're yeah. going in with all the momentum. I mean, how many times has the Super Bowl champion come from down there? It happens once or twice a decade. Uh, yeah. So I, I completely buy that if it's the Lions. If it's a team like the Giants or the Commanders, that game we watched last night, I don't care who their opponent is. I don't. Those two teams can't beat anybody in the playoffs. They are not built for playoff football. No, they're not. The Lions all of a sudden are looking feisty. I mean, they are – they're looking feisty. I would not want to run into them in the first round if I'm the Vikings. Are the Lions a top five NFC team right now? Right now, yes. And I, I, I know that's just my fandom speaking, but yes. <laughs> I mean, Cowboys, Eagles, Vikings, 49ers, okay. I think we all agree they're the top four. Whether we believe in them or not, they're the top four. Who's the next best team? I guess Tom Brady's Buccaneers, but let's – they're that awful. They're I, I my theory on them is every single year we have there's a team. I think this is a Bill Simmons theory, so I'll give him the credit on this one. There's a team every year that just looks bad, and we all say, Yeah, but we know they're good, so they're gonna turn it around. Yeah, but we know they're good. And they never actually do. I think that's this Buccaneers team. They're not gonna go win a game in January if they get there. They're no, they're terrible. Is it them or the Packers though this year? Is it possible to have two? 
I there's no rule that says you can't have two because yeah. everyone now now the conversation is oh look at the Packers they're going to win their last four games finish nine and eight and sneak into the playoffs. What evidence do we have that that team can win four games in a row? None, absolutely yeah. none. It's, That's it's, not uh, the NFC is getting weird. I, I really think the Eagles. It almost feels like they're coasting. Do you remember that year with the Carolina Panthers when they went like fourteen and two or fifteen yep. and one and something, and they just owned the NFC the whole year? It went all the way to the Super Bowl and then got blown out by the. Brock Osweiler and Peyton Manning led Denver Broncos. Yeah, I almost wonder if it's like been too easy for the Eagles. They've got no reason to play. I mean, I, I was reading something that, you know, they're potentially this weekend could clinch the one seed and everything. And then if they're resting guys, because why wouldn't you rest Jalen Hurts? He's always one hit away from their whole season being over. Oh, they you don't might, play him. They might take three, four weeks off. Like you can't. I don't know. Then you then you have to start having the conversation about can the Lions upset the Vikings in week one and the Eagles in week two? And I'm not saying that because you're a Lions fan, but some, some team, <laughs> that happens. That's, a, yeah. that's on the table. Well, also for the fantasy perspective, how scary is that for somebody who owns Jalen Hurts going into the championship game? They might not have him. They might not have. You get there, you you and you get there because you own him. Like, yeah. You're not just getting there and he's part of your team. Now, you're, a cha- you're in the championship because you own Jalen Hurts this year. Yeah, I do think the difference between that Panthers team and this Eagles team, though, is the Eagles are built for any style of football. Those Panthers were very specific. They ran and they ran and they ran. Yeah. And that was it. The Eagles, I feel like if you're going to stop the run, then they're going to pass and they'll be fine. If, if you want to play a 40 to 36 shootout, they'll, they'll play that game. If you want to make it 13 to 10, they'll beat you that way, too. Speaking of which, doesn't uh, looking back on it, isn't that week one game with the Eagles and Lions even more impressive now? It, you know, there's a lot that happened that first half with the Lions that you look back on now and you're like, okay, they're right. It was always there. They were always a little better than we saw. Okay, so we were talking last week about red zone and watching games and not watching and who should watch. And I finally had a I finally had an idea I think should work. So you know how with video games you have to build up experience points to gain better weapons, guns, yep. all the fun shit in the game. Yeah. You should have to watch a certain number of hours of football to get red zone. You have to earn your red zone eligibility. Earn I'd red like zone. that. Earn red zone. I think that's the way it goes because you have to know football to be able to jump around and watch. Otherwise, it's just watching touchdowns. You could just watch ESPN Sports Center after and get the same shit. If you grow up on red zone, you're not going to understand football. I, I feel like people that do that are going to get to the NFL playoffs and actually or forget the playoffs. They're going to get to Saturday night's Bills versus Dolphins snow game, which is just about as fun as football gets. And they're going to be like, well, it's only one game. This is boring as shit. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah, exactly. I'm on board with that. You have to earn the red zone. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. I think you have to get in there. And then once you do have it, you have to have two TVs. You can't just watch red zone. Uh, That I feel very, very strongly about. If you are a one TV household, well, first of all, you're just doing it wrong. It's 2022. Go spend $300, buy a Roku TV, and now you look at you. Yeah, I, I can't imagine watching one TV at this point. No. But if you are going to watch one game, I mean, Saturday night, Bills, Dolphins, you know, they clinched the division. They were talking all day about snow. We didn't get as much as we wanted, but whatever. We got that fourth quarter was fun. It, it, all of a sudden, you couldn't see anything, and the field was covered. You had linemen dusting off the field for the game-winning field goal to make sure that the dude didn't slip. Like Bad weather games today. are the best. That is, they are the best. I, I, there's people out there that actually think that every team should have a dome and it makes it more fair because you never have to deal with weather. No, dealing with weather is what makes football great. But you know what? 
would you rather watch the Drew Brees Saints in the in the Superdome or the the snow game with Tom Brady against the the Raiders? I'd rather watch that Raiders Patriots game a million times out of a million than Drew Brees passing uh, thirty eight times in seventy two degree weather. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You you remember snow games? There's. I mean, these things are etched in lore everybody remembers the giants packers nfc championship it wasn't snow but it was zero degrees or the patriots raiders a couple of years ago it was like week 14 lions versus eagles it was like 10 inches of snow fell during that game like you remember the snow games you get up you, you that is must see tv and it's just before the game starts you already know i have to watch this game as classic, classic bills fans uh delay a game for throwing snowballs that is just <laughs> That's the Bills fans, and they are just fucking awesome. They're the best. They are the best. But also, how many Dolphin fans were like, wait a minute, if Bills fans throw snowballs, they get a penalty? All right, I'm going to throw snowballs then. <laughs> like, uh, you know what? I would say the Bills fans are the are the Eagles fans, but less violent. They are a happier, drunker Eagles fan. <laughs> They're a happier, drunker Eagle fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I wish I was a Bills fan. If I could do it all over again and you, you know what you know growing up, I mean, yeah. not really. I got Eli Manning, the greatest quarterback of all time, but I wish I was a Bills fan. I could see Bills, – Bills are a fun team to report. Yeah. Um, they they just seem fun. They it, Obviously, they, they had a rough go, though. If you think about growing up, imagine growing up having lost four Super Bowls. And then you suck for 25 years right yeah, after Yeah, that. like that's actually, you know, now mentioning it. Like, I'd like to be a Bills fan right now. <laughs> yeah, maybe I just need to go to more Bills games than I go to, which currently sits at zero. Yeah, exactly. I think maybe just going to a Bills game really is the key here. But I going back to this, I don't think football games in the snow are the best. I don't think there should be domes. I don't think any of that shit. I don't like this indoor football stuff. No. I, I, I get it for the Super Bowl. I get it for the city that's – we still, even though we have billionaires, the city is still footing the bill on this, which I'll never understand, but whatever. I'm not that smart. Uh, but, like, you want the roof for other entertainment purposes, but no, keep that open, like, non-negotiable, unless there's lightning that is going to literally strike a guy dead. Keep that shit open. Retractable roofs. Yeah. If you really need it for, for stadiums, and exactly like you said, if there's thunder, if it's something that will stop the game from being played, yep, then I understand it. But, like, that's why you do retractable. Yeah. I mean, they're spending billions of dollars anyway. What's another hundred million? Yeah, no, that's nothing. Yeah, I say, I say, you boy, I say, no domes, and they should always have to be open unless there's a thunder. Yep. Once we're in charge of the league, we'll get that taken care of. The stadium's ours. (laughs) So I got to be honest with you, man. We're. 12 days from the end of the year, five days from Christmas. And, and I understand, oh, January, everybody has to get healthy. I don't, I don't know it's that January you have to get healthy. I think you have to stop eating like shit. I don't know what happens in your house. I've eaten nothing but garbage for 19 straight days now. And all we do is order in every night. We, you know, we don't cook anymore. Does this happen to you too? Or does my house just fall apart in December every year? You're so right. It's not even the like, I need to eat healthy in January. I need to like, just to get in shape. Like I need to stop doing whatever I'm doing now. Cause I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> this is not, not sustainable. <laughs> completely not sustainable. And no. I don't know about you, but so in my house, we like to play this game called fast food inception. Uh, and, so my wife and I will message each other. I'll message her like, hey, do you have any tacos? Or she'll be like, hey, do you have any uh, Chinese food around? And then all of a sudden, 20 minutes later, like, you know, actually, that does sound really good. Well, I could go for a taco for dinner. Yeah, now that you mention it. Planting that seed in each other's head. I like Yeah. That. Once you plant the seed, I mean, who says no? Once you're like, you know what would be really good right now? Sushi. 
<laughs> the gift podcast is no, good I, right now. Yes, it would be great. We we we're we're similar but a little bit different here. We do the whole we agree in the morning, like okay, we're getting it's December nineteenth. We're getting back on track tonight. We're doing chicken and broccoli for dinner, and then at eleven o'clock, eh, it's really the smart choice, isn't it? And then at one o'clock, man, I'm just like it's so unexciting. And then at three o'clock, here's where our inception comes in. I know we shouldn't have a cheeseburger, and we should do the chicken and broccoli, but I'm just bored of it. Like then we want cheeseburgers. That's it. So we have cheeseburgers for dinner. Oh, I'll send the message. Like we'll have like salmon defrosting for dinner, and it's like, oh, we're gonna have salmon and salad tonight. And like, like you said, like three o'clock. I'm like, do you really want salmon? No. <laughs> yeah. are, are we sure about this? Like, and it always not? is delicious when you make it, but I can just never get to the point of making it. I'm always like, ah, but I'm doing something else. Yeah, I don't. We don't cook bad food. We don't cook bland no. food. Even when we eat healthy, we still make it good. But no, it, there's something about the end of December where it's like I don't. I've worked too hard this year to have chicken and broccoli and white rice for dinner. But the problem is you work all year eating the like healthy, trying to eat the healthy food and like lose weight. They gained it all back in December. Holy, oh, yeah, with some. And then yeah, it's, and it's oh, always like, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. Well, and then we get to January 2nd and then my wife gets mad at me because we're dudes. So I just drink water and, you know, cut my calories and I lose seven pounds in the first three days. And she's like, what the fuck? Why did that happen to you? <laughs> Why do you, you don't deserve that. <laughs> you did this to me. <laughs> you stopped drinking for a couple of days and you're down yeah. 25. Yep. <laughs> them up. Yeah. But no, we do the same thing. We eat terribly and it's just nonstop. It's hitting a point where I'm like looking forward to stopping eating like this. I'm about at that point. Like, I'm excited for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, two of the best eating days of the year. But I'm just like, oh, man, like, I don't know. We're picking up subs for dinner tonight. And, like, I'm excited, but I don't need a sub anymore. <laughs> We've already incepted ourselves into Italian sandwiches. I mean, that's never a bad thing. Like, we have Saturday to look forward to for Chinese food. So Christmas Day, we order all the Chinese food. Yep. There's enough for we order for lunch and dinner that day. And it's yeah. disgusting and amazing. It's going to be great then. It's the next day when you're eating the leftovers of it. And you're like, do we have to wait a whole nother week before we start eating healthy? But simultaneously, nobody starts eating healthy on December 28th. That's not a thing. No, that's silly. You just, <laughs> you know, you throw down a couple cookies and you, yeah. uh, you stay on your merry way. Well, uh, cookies. So the other thing we did yesterday <laughs> in football is my wife is notorious for, she just makes... I mean, I don't think it's an understatement to say she makes about a thousand individual cookies every Christmas time. So yesterday was round one. She went through and she made Italian almond cookies and there was some kind of pecan sandy and sugar cookies and hot fudge sundae chocolate cookies and red velvet cookies. And I'm drowning in sugar right now on top of all the other crap that I'm eating. If you weren't diabetic this before this week, you are now. <laughs> and this is the precursor. These are the cookies to get us up to Christmas. They're not still going to be good on Christmas. This is just a, an appetizer. Oh, this, this is like practice round for her to make sure is, the Christmas ones are good. This, these are to see if the recipes are good. And then she's got her standby, like five or six every year recipes that she's going to make on the 23rd. And one or two of these 300 cookies we made yesterday will also make the cut. Oh my god! So let me ask you this: Do you, does she poll the audience, like you and the kids, about what kind of cookies, or should she just surprise you with them? I mean, polling the kids—I don't know if your kid is like mine. Well, it'd just be chocolate worth, everything. Yeah, that's just worthless. Yeah, they they love all the cookies, and whichever one has the most chocolate in it is the best one. But 
yeah, no, her and I, she takes this very seriously. And we had, you know, heart to heart last night on if we really thought that the hot fudge sundae or the red velvet was a better cookie. Um, she does. And she'll give some of these out to neighbors. I'll bring some to work this week. And then she gets it down and she, she's got her favorites. And there's certain people that come to Christmas Eve. And, you know, my cousin Chris loves, she makes a raspberry cheesecake cookie. Everyone else wow. likes it. He loves it. So that's permanent on the list. I love my chocolate peanut butter. The Hershey Kiss cook into the peanut butter cookie, chocolate chip cookies. And, and I mean, she takes everybody's thoughts into it. She does this all for everyone else. She tries to fatten us up. She's like Mrs. Claus, but there's no reason to do it other than just making us fat. She's like a nice version of the Hansel and Gretel witch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's, <laughs> she's not going to eat us at the end. She's just plumping us up. Yeah, just getting you nice and plump. <laughs> Like a yeah. Christmas goose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm just, I'm excited and a little bit nauseous just thinking about it. It's the most, it's, it truly is the most wonderful time of the year. For myself. Yeah, it's, it's insane. I don't know. Like, uh, it's great. And also I'm ready for it to be over. And also the fact that like, we're going to be home and not working for a whole week. Like, what else are we going to do? Right. So, and I work, unfortunately, I have a job where I can't take time off at the end of the year. So that, that kind of stinks for me, but I work from home and I'm, I take my time during other periods, but sometimes that works a little bit better. I actually have to get some things done during the day. So I can't just sit there and eat leftovers and cookies for 12 straight hours. I well, not with that them all Yeah. <laughs> I cram them in at night. I had like eight cookies after Jen went to bed at 10 o'clock last night. <laughs> oh, is that your move? You bring them to work when no one's there? <laughs> absolutely yeah oh hey kev could you bring some cookies into work how many yeah. people are going in oh yeah there's gonna be like 40 of them i'll bring them all in there's nobody yeah. in the office i just eat that all day long yeah you just come home like with a foot cut off yeah <laughs> <laughs> so another thing speaking of holidays and cookies teacher gifts we're having this conversation oh. And gifts in general for cleaning people and the lawn guy and the dog groomer, and like, and I know this is all first world problems to have, but it's like, why does everybody get a fucking present now? It's out of control. We were talking to, we have to get gifts for our kid's teacher and for her speech teacher and for her principal and for her gym teacher. It's like, I don't remember bringing 800 gifts into school when I was no. in first grade and giving them out to everyone. You brought, I have no recollection of doing that. No, it, it was not a thing. A candle or a coffee mug for your teacher, and they threw it into a drawer that they never wanted. Like, listen, I, and they all deserve this. Let me, you know, I, let me preface this by saying I'm not ranting against teachers. That like no. they work, they work so much harder for so much less money than anybody ever should, and they are like they're the best. They deserve so much more than they get. But holy crap, I can't keep up with it. Every time we talk to somebody else, they mention something else. It's like. <gasps> I never thought to get my lawn guy a gift. Thanks for that, Seth. Now I've got to go buy another gift. Yep. But, but no, no, but you know what? It's not that they, it's, I don't have an issue with them getting gifts. I have the issue with the requirement of a gift. Yes. Like if, if somebody's awesome, I do want to get them something, Absolutely. but I don't want to get somebody something because I have to get them something. No, you don't just, you don't just get gifts and that's it. You have to earn that. Like, especially if you're working with our kids, like you know, this, make a difference in my kid's life, and then I will gladly get you a fifteen dollar gift card to Dunkin' Donuts. I got no issue with that. Yeah, but make it because my kid can't stop talking about how happy she is when she's in your class. 
Yeah, exactly. Like if the kid doesn't rem- like, uh, I remember daycare, like the year before he went to kindergarten, it was like, oh, we have to give the, uh, tips to these people. And yeah. it was like, and I asked him, I was like, oh, do you like them? He's like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> like, what the fuck am I giving them money for? He yeah, doesn't no, even know this, who this is. No, this is worthless. You're just getting, you know, they're running, they're running a job on you. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Turns out these places are actually just getting us to pay salary. Yes, basically. <laughs> that, that's what I'm understanding now. This is yeah, we can we could start $2 less and have our parents give everybody $100 gifts or some crap like that. Like, what? No, that's not a thing. And I know we sound like ranting old men here, but like, just sometimes I'm just like, you know what? Earn a gift. Earn oh, a gift. I get that. Speaking of old men, I was talking to my daughter the other day, and I realized that I have become our grandfather. I have become the, in my day, I used to have to walk uphill both ways in the snow to get to school. She was crying about watching commercials, and we were watching a live football game. She didn't understand why I couldn't fast forward it. And I was like, whoa, slow your roll, kid. You're actually watching something live. This is my whole life. Up until 10 years ago, I had to watch this. She was blown away by the fact that as a kid, I had to watch commercials. There was no... My kid called me a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up called me a liar. He's like, no, you didn't. (laughs) Yes, I tried explaining that, like, you know, every time she has to go to the bathroom, can you pause it? I have to pee. It's like, we didn't have that option. We had a run and we had the commercial break to get to the bathroom. And that's it. If two people in the house had to go to the bathroom, somebody better run upstairs. Oh, and that fast. was always, that was always the worst part. Cause you try to sprint to the one bathroom downstairs and then one would win and then you'd have the lost time. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Because you didn't actually work it out with, especially if it's with your sibling and my sister and I, we didn't agree who would get the downstairs one. It was a race to the downstairs one. So now you're even more behind. Yep, and then you hear, it's on, it's on, it's on. <laughs> As you're sprinting down the stairs three at a time, hoping yeah, you don't right. break your ankle. Yeah, about to break an ankle. It's horrible. <laughs> and if you guys have made it this far, thanks for listening to Shark and the Hammer with Shammer Sports. Uh, we rely on word of mouth for this. So if you like to tell your friends, share it, subscribe to our podcast anywhere, Apple, Spotify, give us five stars. We are the voice of a dad nation. Come listen to us. We want to be here. We want to talk to you about what's going on. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.